0: Happy Tuesday, everyone. Karen Fontenot here, welcoming you to another episode of Genesis on Tuesday, where we study the great first book of the Bible, the book of beginnings, Genesis, where we find every doctrine of scripture included in this book, along with God's great plan of redemption for us in and through Jesus Christ. Now, let's get right into the content. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created Man in his own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat. And to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life. I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. Verse 31, and God saw everything that he had made, and behold, very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Open our eyes, O Lord. We pray that we may behold great and wondrous things out of thy law. In Jesus' name, Amen. We are continuing in the sixth day and where we finished last week, we saw we found out who we are. We found out who the man is and that we are Adam. And to recap, that is Adam, his spelt Aleph Dalit Mem, a phonetically a dom, Aleph Dalit Mem, with the Aleph being the divine spark, the God. Aleph being God, providing the divine spark, the breath of life, God himself. And then the Dalit Mem, the dome, is blood. And we see that man, Adam, is God, <clears throat> the divine spark, the divine life with blood and uh, the dome, the blood we get from our father and our mother. And isn't it interesting, uh, at the end of the broadcast last week when we played the segment, the portion from um, Rabbi Kraft, and he asked the audience to guess, did you catch where he asked how many miles of blood vessels, or yeah, veins, or blood vessels, how many miles of blood is contained within the man, and he just asked people to guess, and I don't know if you caught it, but he said 33,000, 33,000 miles of blood <laughs> is on the inside of us, so that is blood vessels, I guess, the, you know, the blood vessels. And again, you, if it sounds strange to you, you can listen to what um, Rabbi Kraft said again. But, I mean, my goodness, no wonder God would call us. Well, your, your blood is what you are. <laughs> um, just amazing. And, of course, the scripture does say that the life of the flesh is in the what? Is in the blood, well, no wonder, so we are blood creatures, and it is interesting how also last week we talked about and we broke down how, according to the uh Hebrew Aleph bait shows us that the dome part of us, the blood part of us, we got from our mother and our father, so they provide the flesh or the blood part of us, and God provides, Elohim provides the divine part of us. And isn't it interesting that, you know, when we, just on that point, if we go to the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20, it is very interesting that, you know, when God gives Moses, or he tells Moses what to tell the people that these will be the commandments. And um, it's very interesting that the commandments go right along with how God constructed Adam in the first place. And you notice that the first four, so the first thing that we are is the Aleph. So that's the God part of us. So let's see what the first commandment is. Uh, Exodus chapter 20 and verse 1. Um, And God spake all these words saying, verse 2, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And then he says, here's number one. You shall have no other gods before me. So there he is. There's the Aleph. That's first. God. Boom. Seeking him first. That's a first, number one, chief always. And so the first four things he's going to instruct man is to, he says, this, I am first in you. And this is how. This is what you sh- these are the things that you will or shall not do with respect to me. See so he said, number one, you're not gonna have any gods before me. Well, and that's sort of a um it would say oxymoron, um in the in my thinking anyway, because um it you know like there are no there are no others. But clearly there are no others, Um, but only to the extent that man would make or create others there would be. And then this is what else he says concerning himself. You shall not make unto you any graven image okay, of any likeness of anything that's in heaven or the earth and under the earth. Well, what he's talking about, again, is that it's relative to what, you know, they had come out of Egypt, and they had, the Egyptians worshipped a lot of different gods. They, you know, the the sun, for one thing, and then I think, would not it also snakes? And wasn't the crocodile, another? And they had all kinds of things. And, you know, uh, the pagans... Um, you know, the, the gods that they, the false gods that they would serve, they would make an image of that God so that they could have something to look at, something to bow to, pray to, and all that kind of stuff. And so, um, you know, therefore, that's why God is saying, number one, don't have any other gods before me, and don't make any kind of don't make a graven image either, which is, you know, the, um, the great irony here is that as, actually as God is speaking these words to Moses, his people were down at the bottom of the mountain making a golden calf and bowing to it. Isn't that something? Then he says, so have none before me. Don't make any image. And then verse 5 and don't bow down yourself. Don't bow down yourself to them or serve them. Them who? Them fake false gods, images that you might want to set up. For I thy God am a jealous God. i I like that. Isn't that wonderful? And it doesn't mean that he, that God is jealous uh, as as it relates to insecurity. No, he's not insecure in the least, but he says, I'm jealous of you uh, because you're mine. You know, <clears throat> I, I, paid a high price for you, a high deliverance for you. And at that time, uh, he said he will stretch forth his hand. He said, I I brought you out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Actually, with my own hand I did it. And uh, I got honor upon Pharaoh. And things occurred there, the likes of which had never happened any ever in the world. And the whole earth feared, all those who knew feared Jehovah because of the great deliverance of his people out of Egypt. And so he said, I paid a high price for you, so I'm jealous for you. Um, I guess, so it doesn't, again, it doesn't speak to insecurity or anything of that nature, but of to the great matchless love An affection that God has for His children, that um, so then finally, and this is the final thing that He says about Himself, and then you shall not, verse seven, don't take My name in vain. All right, for I will not hold Him guiltless who takes My name in vain. So there's the Aleph. the first part of us is God in us, and he tells us, don't bow down, don't make a graven image, and don't take my name in vain. And then what did Jesus say, telling us how to pray, our Father which art in heaven, and what? Hallowed be thy name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But the second thing we want to say now, looking again at the Ten Commandments, God, um, excuse me, there is one more that he says concerning himself. And then he says, after, he says, don't take my name in vain. Then he says, remember the Sabbath day. Remember my day. Okay. He said, uh, what six days you shall labor and do all your work. Verse 10, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord, thy God. So he says the seventh day is mine. So, and so he tells us to do all of these things relative to himself. And then when he no longer speaks about himself, the first commandment after him is in verse 12. In commandment five, he says what? Honor your father and your mother. Now we get to the dome. So the, fir- uh, the first five or the first four commandments have to do with the olive. And now the next five have to do with the dome. And I'm struck by the fact that the first one he says concerning the dome is honor thy father and thy mother that your days may be long upon the land. So see, that's the first commandment with a promise. Well, of course, no wonder. Um, Life surely can't go well for any of us if we disrespect or curse or dishonor the dome, the ground, the blood, literal, that we came from. I sometimes I think of that as a uh, I think about a plant, you know, that a plant or a bulb or something of that nature, seeds that we plant in a soil and we take the time to, you know, create a healthy, agreeable soil and all of that. But yet, if the plants or the seeds or the bulbs at some point decide to rebel against uh, the soil and the very dirt that it comes from. Well, that's not going to be a very healthy plant, will it? No. And then he says, your days will be long upon the land Well, sure. Yeah. You're honoring where you we're honoring where we came from. But I just found that to be very instructive, um, as to the Ten Commandments relative to how God made the man. Now to the subject of dominion. Back in verse 26, God said, Let them, them who, man, let them have dominion. Now that word uh, dominion is radal phonetically, R-A-W-D-A-W, Daw in Hebrew, it means to dominate. It means to rule and to reign. Well, what does, you know, when I, when you hear, when we hear the words rule or reign, well, who reigns? A monarch. That's a king or a queen that reigns. Well, what is God saying? See, God dwells in heaven, and he reigns up there. Uh, We said back on one of our first broadcasts that um, the earth, what the psalmist said, the the heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth has he given to the sons of men. (coughs) Pardon me. So what is God saying? The heavens... Are his and make no mistake God and the Godhead rules in heaven I like how I I heard someone say some years ago the kingdom of God is not a democracy (laughs) you know we don't vote on things amen but God it's a kingdom where the king has absolute rule and authority amen but, you know, God is king. Christ is the king of heaven. He reigns. And then uh, he said, but the earth he's given to the children of men. And I, you know, we get the picture of him here. He's creating a man in his image. So if he m- makes a creature in his image, then it's no, it's not shouldn't be, uh it should make perfect sense to us that he would say, and let them have dominion. Because if we're in his image, then we're going to have to have dominion since he has dominion. And then our dominion is in the earth, but let's see what he said. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over all and over all the earth. That is very interesting. And over all the earth. That right there is worth studying. That right there is worth studying a lot. Um, didn't the psalmist say in, uh, Psalm two, uh, when the psalmist said, thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. And then he said, ask of me and I will give you the heathen or thou give you the nations for your inheritance. And check this out. Verse uh, Psalm two and the, uh, the uttermost parts of the earth for your possession. See that and over all the earth and, and there's commas in between there. And there's the definitive, the definite article and, so he's not he 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 he, uh, he takes he departs from the animals for a minute. He says the cattle and over all the earth, comma, and then the definitive article, and he go goes back to the animals and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. And it's quite interesting that <clears throat> you know it God took uh the Holy Spirit um uh, dictated or you know, or not dictated is not the right word, but he he um went to pains to go into detail and to um expound on some of these things. When he talked about Abraham, think about Abraham in verse I believe it's Genesis chapter thirteen, um, which is just yes. Just one chapter over from when God first called him in Genesis 12, and in chapter 13, right in verse two, uh, it says that Abram was very rich in cattle and silver and gold, and he went on to talk. Even verse five, and then Lot had flocks and herds, and then the 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 cattlemen they started to fight amongst them but they had so much substance. And here the Holy Spirit is telling us about the substance. And let's just say here in verse two, uh, if the Holy Spirit says you are very rich, then you are, and and cattle and silver and gold. But the reason I just point that out is because he told them in verse 26, of chapter one, have dominion over the fish and the fowl, and so have dominion over uh, the cattle. And he also spoke about the substance of, and of others. I would say he spoke uh, about the substance of Isaac and of Jacob. But another one who clearly comes to mind is um, Job. You remember, Uh, his substance was listed twice in the book of Job at the beginning and at the end, where the Holy Spirit uh, takes us through the substance and tells us the number of uh, oxen and cattle and she asses and so forth and all that he had. And then he showed us at the end of the book, he had twice what he had at the beginning. But that is the dominion is something that comes to mind. So, verse 27 says that God created man in his own image, in the image of God created He him, male and female, created he them. Mm. So, God has male and female, the the male and the female together make the image of God. Amen. Um, And God blessed them, verse 28. And God said, now there again, a blessing is imparted by saying. A blessing needs to be spoken. And it means, again, to bless means to speak well of. So God blessed them, and God said unto them, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue it. Mm. There's that dominion part again, and then he says, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Now, um, these are the first words that the ear of man ever heard. Um, That the man, you know, the dust creature, the creature of dirt, the dome, had been created and, at first, was not more than an inanimate object. But then, we will see later, once the breath, once the aleph was added to the man and he became a living soul, living, alive, well, God blessed him and God spoke these words over him. So the first word that the human ear and the man ever heard was, be fruitful. Doesn't that explain why we want to succeed or we want to be fruitful, we want to be productive? It's because that's what God told us to do right there at the beginning multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. Now, that word subdue is interesting because you know, you would think or you wouldn't think that. What is, what is there to be subdued because um, we think that everything is perfect and that um, there is no iniquity or nothing disagreeable of any kind. So what would need to be subdued this is a very interesting thing for God to say. But of course, in his, all of his knowledge and wisdom, and he knows exactly what he means to say, and then he says, and have dominion again. And we're going to see that there was very much something that the man needed to subdue and put down very much indeed amen we should talk about and God blessed them and God blessed them and it's very important to point out I think that the first thing that God did when he created the man he blessed him isn't it wonderful if we can really understand that, then doesn't that change? it seems it sets our theology straight right from the beginning. Uh, you know Jesus said very clearly in john ten ten he said, "I came to give you what life and life." more abundantly. Well that's exactly what God did here what in verse 28, first thing God did is blessed. Jesus, going back to John 10:10, 10, 10, he said, "I came to give you life." But he preceded that by saying, the thief, who we know to be the devil, He's the one who came to what? Steal and to kill and to destroy. So, see, that gets our doctrine straight right there that God is the blesser, He is the multiplier, He is the sustainer. He's not the one who curses. He's not the one who steals. Amen. He's not the one who kills. And he sure is not the one who destroys. So let's meditate on that this week. And um, really take the time to think about what are we thinking about God? Um, You know, the scripture says that... um, As a man thinketh in his heart, so he is or so he becomes. And if we don't think the right way about God, if we attribute things to his character that are not correct, even though they're not true, if we think they are, then... uh, We're going to suffer because wrong thinking leads to wrong believing. Uh, By the way, the scripture reference uh, when I said, as a man thinks in his heart so he is, that's Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7. Proverbs 23, 7 remember also when we talked about the principle of the first mention that the first time that anything is uh anytime anything in scripture is mentioned for the first time you know we get the truest form of that word now we did see on day five uh the word blessed was used there for the first time where god had blessed The fish of the sea, and the uh, so that the waters brought forth and they just brought forth and forth again, and then here he God blesses the man again. So, just going to the principle of first dimension, if we really want to know what God's intention, uh, truest and first and foremost toward the man, it is to bless him because. That's the first thing he said, is that, and God blessed him. And um, I say again, that's really something worth meditating because sometimes we think we know it. And yeah, okay, I I know, yeah. But then, but do we really? Do you notice how oftentimes that real tragic and terrible things will happen? And then people blame it on God. And even the insurance companies now call... Uh, terrible weather events and so forth, things that blow your house down and all that. They call them acts of God. Well, I know that's, you know, something that they do because they, you know, they want to escape liability, I guess, perhaps that's a part of it. But, you know, God gets blamed for a lot of things that really He didn't do. And so it's we live in the in a world where we hear that all the time, then God did this and God, and so forth, and so on, and so yeah, so that's why we think, yeah, I know God wants to bless me, yeah, I know, bless, yes, yes, I know, but do we, when we really think about it, so that is something to ponder and meditate on and pray about this week, this blessing did get out of the earth, which we know that the man rebelled against God, and we'll see what all happened there. But God was determined to get that blessing back into the earth. So he meant it when he said it. And we saw after the flood there in Genesis chapter 9 and verse 7, when the man, Noah, and his family his sons and their wives and his wife when they came off of the ark and Noah worshiped and the Lord, God came to him again in Genesis 9 and verse 7. And he said, again, be fruitful, multiply, increase. So the same blessing that he put on the first man, Adam, he put back on Noah. And then in Genesis verse, I want to be sure that I get this right. Verse 12, excuse me, chapter 12, when God calls the man Abram, he tells him the same thing. Come out of your country, from your kindred, and to a nation that I will show you, and I will what? I will bless you. I'll make your name great. I'll make you a great nation. So God is, (laughs) well, that's, yeah, three times. So the three is the confirmation. Three is the number of completion. It is without question, God is determined to bless man. Amen. It is quite interesting that in chapter seventeen of Genesis and verse twenty uh this is concerning Ishmael, who is the son of Abraham, who you know he know God didn't tell him to have he this is the son that he didn't have with Sarah he had with um, Sarah's maid and he was not the son of the promise and the line of Messiah did not go through Ishmael but listen still to the benevolence of God and something that he said to Abraham 17 Genesis verse 20 As for Ishmael, I have heard you. Mm. He said, and behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and multiply him greatly. He even says he shall father 12 princes and I will make him a great nation. That's how much that the strong covenant he had with Abraham. And that was to a son that he wasn't even supposed to have if you will but god is determined to bless his people psalm 107 and verse 38 is talking about the blessing of the lord and he says by his blessing they multiply greatly and he does not let their livestock diminish first chronicles Chapter 4 and verse 10 tells us about a wonderful man named Jabez who came from a bad or unfortunate circumstance and background, and nobody in his family was blessed. He Just a bad situation and unfortunate that he came from, and it says that he called upon the God of Israel, and he's saying... Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my coast and that your hand might be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that it grieve me not. And the verse says, and God granted what he asked. Amen. God is so eager to bless. Jesus. In Matthew chapter 5, in the Sermon on the Mount, he recites again and again and again. Blessed are they. Blessed are you. Blessed are you when. Blessed. 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 Amen. God wants to bless us. And then we can end today with Ephesians chapter 1. And verse three, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ, according as he Chose us in him, in Christ, before the foundation of the world. And it goes on. But I love how the Apostle, writing by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says, Blessed is the God and Father. Amen of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. And well, I'll just close by saying this. Um, I love how our Jewish brethren refer to Hashem and they refer to him as the Holy One, blessed be He. They, every reference that they make to him, of Him, they say, blessed be He. Amen. Amen. And may the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word to our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the lesson. See you again next week.